Anything from classical to rock-a-bye baby to rock. I guess we're free spirits in Vermont. Bells are too uptight for us. I ended up writing some lame futuristic story about this girl alien whose memory chips are kept in a box that she can't open because her hands need rebooting. Some idea from a late-night movie Em and I had seen on TV at her house where her parents have a dish and get all the weird channels. I could tell Miss Morris was disappointed that I didn't write about my own life, and though my hands kept breaking out in rashes trying to tell me, Millie, it's time, I wasn't ready yet to open my box of secrets. But sometimes, like with my allergies, it takes an outside irritant to make you react. My outside irritant showed up the next day in Mr. Barstow's class. He stood in front of us, head bowed, so you couldn't really see his face. His skin was golden brown like mine gets in the summer after a few weeks in the sun. Mr. Barstow, our homeroom-slash-history teacher, was introducing him. Pablo something-something-something. He must have had about four names. Let's give our classmate a warm welcome. Warm welcome was right. It was one of those freezer compartment January days when even people who love winter have to ask themselves, am I out of my mind? I wasn't one of those people, winter lovers, I mean. But from time to time, I had my own reasons to ask myself, Millie, are you out of your mind? Loving winter was not one of them. Hey, class, come on, you can do better than that. When he wasn't teaching world history or being our homeroom teacher, Mr. Barstow was the football, basketball, baseball coach. He could work up a crowd. He had less luck with ninth grade homeroom in the middle of winter. We managed a lukewarm applause. Pablo wasn't dressed for cold weather at all. He had on a short-sleeved khaki-colored shirt and a pair of new jeans that looked like they'd been ironed. Nobody at Ralston High wore jeans that were, one, new, two, without a rip or tear, three, ironed. He looked so awkward up there. My heart just automatically went out to him. Mr. Barstow was going on about Pablo, how he had two older brothers, how his parents were refugees. I shifted into classroom cruise control, coasting along, not paying attention. But then... Mr. Barstow said something that made my hands begin to itch and my face darken with self-consciousness. M, my best friend, sits one row over and three seats in front of me. I could see her shoulders tense up. She was going to turn around any moment. Please, Em, I thought, please don't. I just couldn't stand her drawing any attention to me. But if Em looked my way, I never knew. I stared down at the graffiti on my desk until it began to swim under my eyes, reorganizing into the shape of the country where Mr. Barstow had mentioned Pablo was from. Besides M, I hadn't told anyone in this room that it was the place where I came from, too. Hey, Millie, M put down her lunch tray across from me. Today, M was having a plate of green salad, a couple of carrot sticks, and an apple. M was forever trying to lose weight, which wasn't easy, as my sister Kate would say, because where was M going to lose weight, please? The only answer really was her hair. M's tinker toy skinny, but with very thick bundles of curly, strawberry blonde hair. Besides the rabbit food on her tray, M also had three bottles of spring water. She had read somewhere how human beings need to drink eight glasses of water per day. 
almost every period Em had to ask permission to go take a leak. A lot of kids at Ralston thought Em was on drugs, but really, Em was addicted to nothing more than H2O. I think he kind of looks like Brad Pitt. Em had sat down and was heading straight for the subject I was hoping to avoid. It's what I loved and hated about my best friend. I mean, a very tanned Brad Pitt. Who? I said. I couldn't let on even to Em that Pablo had been on my mind all morning. You know who? Em was staring at the bouquet of lettuce on her fork. But boy, does he need some help with his wardrobe. Em giggled and stuffed her mouth full of lettuce. She ate her vegetarian food like a carnivore. Well? Em swallowed quickly, ignoring her rule about chewing each mouthful I don't know how many times. Don't you think he's cute? I shrugged. I couldn't see his face. He was looking down the whole time. Em leaned toward me and whispered, Look now, he's over there with Jake. I glanced over at the cafeteria line. Pablo was standing beside one of our close friends, Jake, who was scanning the room for a place to sit down. Our lunchroom is about as segregated as the pre-civil rights South. The in-group always claims the booths close to the food. We borderliners get the long tables by the recycle bins. Oh, please don't ask them over, M. I was thinking. Just having Pablo nearby was like shining a spotlight on a part of my life I had avoided for so long. But telepathy with my best friend did not seem to be working today. Hey, Jake, M. waved for the boys to come over. At first, Jake must not have heard her in the commotion in the cafeteria, but M. kept waving until Jake connected with her and nodded. He turned to Pablo and jerked his head in our direction to show where they were headed through the lunchroom crowd. I looked down at my tray, a half-eaten burrito, a bag of chips, a brownie, a Coke, and the bottle of water Em insisted I drink. What good will it do me to be alive at 90 if my best friend will be long dead by then? There was no way I was going to be able to wolf it all down in the minute it would take. Mind if we join you ladies? Jake was asking. Sometimes Jake puts on this act like he's someone from our parents' generation, which is funny since Jake looks younger than most anybody in our class. He's on the short side, with freckles on the bridge of his nose and bright blue eyes, and just the slightest smirk, like he's about to crack a joke or something. Pablo, these are two of the coolest ladies in our class. Right. Only a borderliner could say that about two other borderliners. Pablo smiled shyly and slid in beside Jake. He was good-looking, in a way you don't see around Ralston, dark and foreign, out of place. Maybe he'd only be here a few weeks before his family went back or moved away. Em started peppering him with questions. What did Pablo think of the food? Ralston High? The United States of America? Pablo looked confused, like maybe he didn't understand much English. Em knew that I could speak some Spanish. I hoped, telepathically contacting Em, telepathically contacting Em, that Em would not offer my services. This time telepathy worked with Em, but not with Jake. Hey, Mill, he piped up. Aren't you, like, good in Spanish? Why was Jake asking me? I shot Em this look. Had she betrayed my secret? Aren't you in advanced Spanish? Jake persisted. But I'm not that good, I managed. You've got to be better than me, Jake shook his head at the state of his Spanish. Then, in his parents throwing a barbecue in the backyard voice, he added, Pablo's coming over after school. 
Why don't you ladies join us and we'll play some pool, raid the fridge, whatever. Jake's mom is a caterer who's been written up in magazines. She sometimes brings leftovers home. Sure we'll come, Em offered for both of us. I can't, I said. I have to. Mom asked me to help Nate. I was drawing a blank. What could I say my little brother needed help with? Nate's got this project on the solar system. My lie was lost because just then two more of our friends, Dylan and Will, had joined our table. Jake went through a new round of intros. These are the two coolest dudes in the school. Jake had a way of making everyone feel important. He was always saving the whales or getting us to recycle or pay attention to the people of the third world. Pablo is probably his new cause. M once teased Jake, saying, If you were a car, you'd be full of bumper stickers. Jake had come back with, And if you were a car, M, you'd be full of gas. Everyone laughed, but M was upset because she wasn't sure Jake wasn't putting her down. That night, we must have spent over an hour on the phone analyzing what exactly Jake might have meant with his remark. While everyone talked, Pablo sat by, looking at whoever was speaking, trying to follow the conversation. Then, just like that, he was staring at me. Not like he was hitting on me, but like he knew me. I told myself I was being paranoid. Even though we were both from the same country, we had nothing obvious in common. We didn't look at all alike. My hair's light brown, my skin a pale olive like some French Canadians in our town, except, like I say, in the summer when I tan real dark. My eyes are actually the only unusual thing about me. They're this golden color with brown speckles in them, like pieces of amber with fossils inside. The point is, I totally pass as a hundred percent.